2: What's going on, Raider Nation? Time to stand up. You know what time it is. You are officially on the turf, the Silver and Black Turf. i here exclusively on SB Nation, the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network. I am your host, Nick Hamilton, alongside my guy, my partner, my wide receiver, Scott Winter. We got a jam-packed show for you all this week as we go behind the scenes on what happened in Minnesota against the Vikings. We'll also talk about the last two uh, contests against the Chiefs, as well as the opening night against the Broncos and where the Raiders end up in the next few weeks. We'll get into also uh, the status of Jonathan Abrams and what's up with Jalen Ramsey. Is he going to become a Raider? Is he going to don the silver and black? or Is he going to stay back and be held captive in Jacksonville? We'll get into that and much more. Here on the turf, the silver and black turf. What's going on, Scott? How you doing, man?
1: Well, after yesterday, I'm as good as can be expected. <laughs> <laughs> Following a, a, another, uh, you know, thumping of the uh, Oakland Raiders.
2: Uh, yes, I, that's a that's a nice way of putting it. I'm, I'm, I'm more in, in concert to say it's more like a butt kicking um, of sorts because, listen, the Raiders were about as as effective as a one-legged man in the African contest yesterday. They were completely blown. They at one point it was twenty-one to nothing. I said they need to give up the sticks. We need to invoke the Madden rules and give up the sticks because they were down twenty-one nothing. They eventually fell thirty-four fourteen as the final. Now, one thing I will say is the fact that there were a lot of penalties that didn't get called in this game that went uh. uh that the Raiders had opportunities to cash in because if a lot of those penalties were called, the Raiders would have been, would have been in the game. And I don't think they would have trailed 21 to nothing. Um, There was one, there was a couple of points. One where Derek Carr got, I mean, damn near got his head knocked off. Um, That, that wasn't a penalty penalty, which it should have been roughing the passer. That was an automatic 15 yards. But that didn't get caught. Amongst other penalties that I'm sure you're going to share with us. But the thing that stood out to me is that Derek Carr really didn't have that bad of an afternoon. I know a lot of people want to crap on Derek Carr, and they said, Oh, he didn't play up to, to expectation. And I get it, right? But he did finish 27 to 34 for 242 yards. He had two TDs, one INT. He got sacked though four times. That was the key to me. And that is the representation of not only the decision-making of Derek Carr, but the strength of the, o- of the O-line for the Oakland Raiders. And that's that, to me, is something that needs to be addressed. And we talked about this even before the season got started, is that the Oakland Raiders and that O-line is going to have to shore up and be strong enough to give Derek Carr time enough in the pocket to get the ball off to his receivers and to his target. And if he can't do that, then he's going to have a long season and he's going to be probably sacked Uh, probably a good 20 to 30 times this season, if not more because of the lack of of, of protection from his O-line.
1: Yeah, there, there, there was some, uh, there was some issues there with the protection breakdowns uh, and it also affected some of his hot reads, Derek Carr's hot reads, as they had to stay in a block in some occasions. Uh, That being said, uh, a lot of it, had to do with uh, you know, the sacks were coming in a position where the defense already a tough one playing at home where they're 16 and two in their new stadium. Uh, They were up and, you know, knew that the, that the Raiders had to make some plays, had to, had to throw the ball a little bit more. And so they were able to, you know, pick it, pick it line the first down and, and play, you know, um, over the top. So, you know, some of those recovered sacks in, in that situation, uh, which falls, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to call a game and you get down by that kind of a score. Uh, then you have to open up your offense. And to me it is kind of a, you fall into the trap that you're hoping they fall into you. That's the way John Gruden likes to call his game. He likes to get ahead and then sit on that and your defense, you know, plays a certain way. Uh, so that, you know, you force them into, you know, uh, a more limited playbook. And and that's that's a classic thing that happened to the Raiders yesterday.
2: No, it absolutely is. And the thing about it is when I look at the Raiders and I look at – we looked at this roster, and this was before Antonio Brown. This was after Antonio Brown. And we saw what they did against the Denver Broncos. They shellacked them. I mean, Tyrell Williams was on a whole other level. And, uh, and he, he played absolutely out of his mind. The Raider defense stepped up. Like I said before, the Raiders only gave up two big plays in the fourth quarter, which if, if they were against a good team could cost them a game. But fortunately, they were able to hold it down and they were able to do, uh, get the victory. And then we saw them against the Kansas City Chiefs at home once again, and we saw them up 10 nothing. And they played extremely, played the same way they played against the Denver Broncos. They were effective. They were efficient. Offense, defense, special teams, they were up 10-0 at the end of the first quarter. Then I look up, they're they're down 10-7. And then all of a sudden, Pat Mahomes opens up a fresh can of whoop-ass. And then next thing we know, they scored 28 unanswered points against that Raider defense. Now, I know Jonathan Abrams is out for the year. I understand he won't be back until the Raiders become the Las Vegas Raiders. But at the same time, you still have LaMarcus Joyner. You still have a lot of other guys that are young in that secondary. You still have a nice defense. There's no excuse for the way that the Raiders played yesterday against a team like the Minnesota Vikings, which I don't think they're slouchy, but you're going up against Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Thielen is a beast. No question about that. Thielen is a problem. Dalvin Cook went off for 16 carries and 110 for a touchdown. You let Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook sliced that defense like it was like it was no tomorrow, like he was against you, okay? Dalvin, they made Dalvin Cook look like the second coming of Barry Sanders. And that was appalling for that defense. And then I look on the other side of the ball when I'm looking at the, the running game for the Oakland Raiders, and I'm looking at Josh Jacobs who was declined in the last couple of games. He only had 10 carries for 44 yards. It was stopped. It was shut out of the end zone. That's a problem. If you can't get your running game going, and you can't get the receiver core going, you know, on a consistent basis, then you have a serious problem. And I have to look at John Gruden for that. I mean, J.J. Nelson had a touchdown. Tyrell Williams had a nice touchdown, and then that was it. No other contributions. No other contributions. But Adam Thielen, they had no answer for Adam Thielen. And that's going to be a problem moving forward because you're going to face other wide receivers, other top-notch wide receivers on the schedule. And if you can't contain them, lo and behold, they're going to have a tough time in the AFC West. I'm just talking about beyond the AFC West. The Raiders have a problem of consistency. Offensively, defense, It's a problem, dude. They're one and two for a reason.
1: Well, Del Rio used to say, uh, you know, you are what you earn. And in this case, the Raiders are what they earned. There is absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, There was some issues, you know, that that, and this is not excuse making because, uh, you know, we've heard that enough. Markel Lee went down early. Who, who's real good run thumper? Uh, you know, Burfecht was banged up a little bit uh, in and out. They were they were playing. Uh, to, uh, this is a play calling and and personnel scenario. I uh, I saw Lamarcus Joyner on the sidelines. It seems more often than I saw him in the lineup. Which uh, you know, you went out and got this guy. You're paying him all this money. Uh, and you know, he spends, he spends half the time, not even out there. And I get you wanting to match up personnel. I I'm not that the criticism is not that you're doing certain things with personnel. the criticism is that you're doing things with personnel and it's not working. All right. So, you know, it, it, you have to give a coach, you know, the, the leeway to be able to do those kind of things. It, but yet, it, you know, it started off with the phantom, if phantom holding, you know, that that, that, that turned a stop into, you know, a 90-yard drive. Then there was another holding penalty or you know, a pass interference one. the There were so many penalties that kept drives alive that, that went against the Raiders' defense that I would say that, it, to me, what I saw, that if they didn't have those penalties, all of us, that defense looks really good, you know, it, it, because it shuts down 21 points, in my opinion, from what I saw. Yeah so you know that's self-inflicted uh at the you know at the end of the day you know what what teal only had 70 yards uh you know so they they did find an find an answer for it or was that answer simply because dalvin cook was going on. so you got to look at at that point of view too it's like you know in kc you know they shut down the run because mahomes is just firing everything up yeah they didn't need to run uh in this case they didn't need to pass they just they just gave you a good daily dose of Dalvin Cook. Now Dalvin Cook is actually this this is his third 100-yard rushing season and 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 he tore up uh, Green Bay as well even though, you know, in the loss, but he tore up Atlanta and they beat they won that game. So Dalvin Cook, I'm not saying he's Barry Sanders, but he's certainly um proving his worth, uh, you know, his draft pick status. Uh oh, absolutely. You know, but the but the biggest thing it, it, it's so many different play calling scenarios. You see the momentum changing. You see, you see that the, the, the Raiders only have, but sometime in the second quarter, they had 22 yards of offense. I'm like, come on, man. At one point, at one point, I think that I think Minnesota had 21 points and the Raiders had 21 yards. I mean, that is, you've got an offensive guru as your coach. And they're still dinking and dunking down the field. True. To me, to me, there's a, there's one play. And I want to talk about this one play. And, and this is not to just pile onto Derek Carr. Cause there's a lot of blame to go around. Oh, it's yeah, second and six. It's, it's second and six. Derek Carr um, forces a ball that sails to his tight end, forces it uh, uh over and it gets picked off. Now. The things that, that I look at on that play, all the things that went wrong. Uh, Derek Carr number one has time. He might, he might have felt his internal clock going off. I understand that. Uh, but he had time. He could have reloaded, recocked. He had Darren Waller break open to his left, uh, with, with, you know, and there would have been yardage there. And Waller had a fantastic game yesterday. He's the biggest bright spot for the Raiders. Um, you know, that I mean, most yards from a tight end all season so far. It's a young season. So he was, he was hot. Uh, all four receivers ran short routes on that play, all four of them. And, yeah. and to, you know, I don't understand that. You've got a man who's got a golden arm as your quarterback. I mean, as far as arm talent in this league, Derek Carr's accuracy on deep balls is—you can compare him with anybody because that's how accurate the man is. But where, where's where's the deep throw? Well, I mean, at least one guy, man. You know, you got outside guys. They're all they're all throwing outs. You've got an out route on on Waller, and then you got this little weird seam route. It seems like that that. Uh, uh, the other tight end is running and, and that's where he tries to force the ball. Number two, uh, it was second and six. There didn't seem to be any urgency to try to force that throw. I get it. If it's fourth down and you got to make that point, you got to make that play, you force that ball. Fine. Oh, okay. I'll say, you know what? That's a perfect play. If you miss it, so what? You, at least you tried, but it's not fourth down. It's second down and six. You, there's always the option If nobody else was open, even though Waller was, you throw the ball away. Why? Where, where's that option? I've seen too many quarterbacks. They see that, they see that scenario. They say, Hey, the Minnesota read it, right? They played it right. Well, yeah, absolutely. They did. Yeah. You know, I'm not taking any credit away from Minnesota on this play, but you got to throw that ball away. Then you don't force that. You don't force that when you know that the angle is bad. Uh, and, 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 you know, you missed your shot cause he was open for just a hair. And if you get it there, boom, you, you know you, you're you're looking at possibly a first down. But that play sums up the offense that I've seen in the first three games. It's it's not just Derek Carr, but there is some things for Derek Carr. You you know the protection was was bad enough that they his hot read running back had to stay in and block, so he didn't have his his hot read out out. Uh, running a little, you know, inside hook or something like that. So that's number two. Now he's still, but even with that, because of that, uh, his protection, you know, Hot stayed Stadium protected, it. he had time. So he could have made a better decision. I'm not a quarterback in the moment. Uh, I guarantee you he's a better quarterback in the moment than I ever will be. But this is stuff that it, that you, you think of a, a top-shelf sh- quarterback should be able to do. And then, of course, you know, Waller's open. And then, of course, the play calling—all everything—all lumped up into one play. The play calling to me having all four receivers go to the go to the first down marker and stop on second and six—it it just lumps up what's going on here because you're not taking shots deep. The defense doesn't respect you. They are picketing the the first down marker. You got linebackers in there making plays, and your safety's coming up and catching interceptions. So. That, to me, right there, that one play lumps up what's going wrong with this offense.
2: But also, too, I don't see the level, of sense of urgency. I don't see guys on on one accord. A lot of times I see a bunch of individuals running around instead of a team playing together, being on the same page, um, wanting to do well, wanting to do better. I think after that first win against Denver, I think it was a lot of adrenaline because of the AB situation and they were trying to prove to the world that, Hey, we didn't really need him whether they want to say so or not, which I totally understand. You are going to stand on your own two legs. Totally get that. But now you have to have a level of consistency. And the problem with the Raiders, at least what we saw yesterday and even the week prior against Kansas city and Pat Mahomes is that they don't, they get out away from their game plan. They seem to get away from their style of play. They like to play, you know, or at least try to compete playing the other team's game instead of playing your type, your style of play and your game. And that is the problem that I see with the Oakland Raiders. And if they don't fix that and they don't get their mind right and be able to execute those plays, like you said, you had time to throw and you elected not to do it. Those are decision-making. That's a decision-maker. That's not what was in the playbook. That's a decision-maker because as a quarterback, you can always change the play because things are predicated on reads. Am I wrong in that? Especially when you're reading when you go against defense. Well, that
1: screen. and that in that situation and I got we got some insight from 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 David Carr and on a response to somebody, you know, uh, on that particular play. Uh David David said that, you know, Derek did audible to a certain to that certain play cuz he saw something. And the defense encounter audible and matched it perfectly. Um, which, you know, so there's the game within the game right there, as far as that goes on the flip side though, uh, again, uh, you know, it, it wasn't executed properly and that's on Derek. I'm not taking anything. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm going to be fair, but I'm going to be critical. And that was on Derek, mm-hmm. the play call itself, the audible itself should have at least had somebody go into at least one, one, or at least exactly. across the middle, something, something Does so you have law. a, a tiered, a tiered, you know, exactly. a tiered attack. Because, once again, if everything is short, the defense, especially as good a defense as Minnesota has, they're going to line up and they're going to stack you. And they're going to stack. It's going to affect your run game because, you know, the linebackers have, they're going to stay home. Nobody's going to be guarding anybody because they're all within 10 yards. Let's say you ran the ball there. Then all your linebackers break in. And what are you getting? three yards, four yards? I mean, that'd be great if you could consistently do it. But they are also stuff on the run, too. So. You know, you have to have that vertical threat. I even said it in the pregame on, on my uh, uh, scope. You have to throw the ball deep. And there's other things too, because you saw what Minnesota did. They're throwing a deep ball and they're getting penalties. They're there, you don't always have to complete the pass for it to be a successful play. If you get a penalty, and we saw that against Denver, sure, sure you know, sure enough, they throw that ball deep. And they got the penalty. They got the they got the first down because of the P.I., sustained the drive, got a chunk of yards. You know, uh, the, the coach, Coach Gruden come out and said, well, it's really hard, you know, to go 80 yards plus. Well, Minnesota did it three times. They went 90 yards plus. Think about that. What were they doing to do it?
2: Well, they, but here's the thing. They, they spread the offense open, right? They didn't play like they had the lemon booty. They were loose. They made sure they knew who, who, who their go to. And when their go to got jammed up, I think it was in the third quarter where they really put, they kind of jammed up feeling a little bit. They had another, they had another option, right? They had another option. They had Dalvin Cook. So, and they even threw the Dalvin Cook once just to see if he would be able to catch it, right? That's the thing that gets me. That's the thing that gets me. Even though he didn't catch it, but I'm saying, but then it's just, as you as you alluded to earlier, do something that is going to wake up the offense and, and distract the defense long enough to see what your options are. And that's all I'm saying Derek Carr needs to continue to do. You don't have to stick to the exact game plan all the time because things happen, right? You see moves, defenses shift, Whatever it is, and I, and I think and I still think Derek Carr is a good quarterback, but the decision making is what questions me about that, and question a lot of Raider fans too.
1: Well, you you bring up fantastic points, and it's not just decision making in the pocket because I feel like his pocket awareness is getting better. You know, he was he was making some plays, especially in garbage time, a lot of those yards. A lot of those touchdowns, the touchdowns, and they were already—they were almost too late. They were too late, you know. The, the the touchdown of Tyrell Williams, getting him involved in the offense, it was too late, you know. Uh, but his decision making up on the line, you know, with the audibles, I believe that I believe one of the things that I believe Rich Gannon was successful and 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 Garcia was successful in John Gruden's system uh, because they were savvy veterans who could buck the, the coach because the coach wants you to follow what he puts out there, but the coach also wants to win. So if you go out there and you buck the coach and you say, you know what, we ain't doing this. We're going to do this. And you go out there and you do it. Coach is just going to, he's going to smile and nod and say, you know, good call. Uh, if you don't, the coach is going to call you out and throw you on the floor Sometimes, like he did last week. John, you know, uh, Gannon didn't care. Gannon, and you, I, I don't know how many times you saw him and him and Gruden blow up on the sidelines. I mean, it was the pre-social oh, media days, you know, but they did. They would go at each other, but they st- the respect was there. Of course, you know, uh, the media would have blown that up in the, today's hypersensitive age. But So you've got to be able to have that thick skin to be able to look at the coach and go, you know, I'm going to do this, man. I'm going to call this and, you know, we're going to... Uh, you know, necessary roughness. You run the play again. Nah. You know what? <laughs> play action. Throw deep. You know, and he got benched for it. Oh well. You know, it was the right thing to do, in my opinion. Yeah. You just got to. Again, I believe that that the tools are there. I believe that the talent is there. I believe that this is a winnable game for Oakland, and they went in and pissed it away. And 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 there's like I said, everybody except for Darren Waller played bad and. Josh Jacobs was sick. He he's still coming off of the flu. I mean, lost like ten pounds. So they limited his yeah, did, his right. reps. Yeah, that's a fair that's a fair thing. But again, though, next man up. Everything and you got to be able to run the ball. Raiders didn't run the ball for nothing hardly without Josh Jacobs in there.
2: Oh no, they didn't. And that's and that's the problem. N- nobody steps up right in in a consistent fashion, right? I know defenses give you a lot and the thing that pissed me off man was the fact that you do stupid stuff right so you do you do stupid stuff like unfortunately you didn't get called for it but rest assured um rest assured you better be glad that Vantes perfect didn't get called because the penalty he did ridiculous you don't punch people like you in MMA and then try to punch the guy again that's what got me you tried to punch the guy again and I'm like what is your problem i don't understand what the problem is you can't do stupid stuff like that that kind of that kind of play will get will cost you a game you got to be way more disciplined than that. And then people say, oh, it's football. Blah. Yeah, but football also has rules. Whether you like them or not, those are the rules. And if you don't abide by them, you're going to get flagged and get penalized for it. So why get flagged and penalized for something that you don't need to get, to get penalized
1: for? That's stupid. You're
2: costing your team a game.
1: It didn't get caught, and it didn't cost the game. But you're absolutely right, and I know you've been talking about, you know, when is when is Vontez going to make a mistake like that, or you know, is Richie Incognito going to make a make a make a mistake? And in this situation, had it been a really close game, and Vontez takes a swing at somebody, that would have been a you know that would have been a a, a mental breakdown. It could have cost could have cost the team. So it didn't this time. So you got a mulligan. Coaches need to pull that aside. Say, hey, look. We love what you brought to the team. We love, you know, the aggression because he's playing out of his mind. But that that right there can't happen. That's a suspension if uh, you know, it it, it costs you a game and and that happened you know, uh, the Bengals were beating the the Steelers and could have went to the AFC Championship game and a penalty by Vontez Perfect stopped that as one of the one of the (laughs) things that that, that ended that that season for them. So We can't have that. If you're, if the Raiders, Raiders can't have it.
2: Well, I tell you what, I agree with you. They gotta definitely be more disciplined because if they don't, it's only gonna get worse. Coming up on the other side of the break. Hey, Scott, I got the best place to go to if you're ever thirsty in Las Vegas, and we'll talk about on the other side of the break. You are inside the silver and black turf. Here on the SB Nation. Here on SB Nation and the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network. Make sure you stay tuned. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again.
3: So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: Welcome back to the turf, the Silver and Black Turf, here on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, exclusively on SB Nation. I am your host, Nick Hamilton, alongside my guy, my partner in crime, Scott Winner. So, Scott, before the break, uh, we were talking about the best place to go to quench your thirst in Las Vegas and I got the best spot to go to you wanna know what it is yeah tell me well it is Allegiant Stadium the brand new stadium home (laughs) of of the Las Vegas Raiders and UNLV and guess who's going to be the premier sponsor or one of the premier sponsors for that stadium Coca-Cola Oh, you are you are very right, sir, (laughs) that they the the Raiders and the stadium announced that the Reyes Coca-Cola bottling company will become the official soft drink partner of the Raiders and Alliance Allegiant Stadium. Quote, we are thrilled to be teaming up with the Raiders to refresh fans at Allegiant Stadium with our wide variety of beverages according to Bill O'Brien, CEO of the Reyes Coca-Cola Bottling Company, end quote. Which I thought was was very, very it's a smart move by the Raiders. It's a smart move by the stadium. Um, what better brand to go with? You have a longstanding brand like the Raiders who draw fans from anywhere. I don't care if you're in Timbuktu or wherever you are. The Raider fans come out. So what better way to have two merging brands like Coca-Cola and the Raiders to come together for lasting power and standing power. Um, I think it's smart. I think it's brilliant. Um, and so, you know, we'll see what happens. But I think it's, it's it's a great thing. I can't wait. I know that I can't wait to see what they're going to do with that. I'm a Coca-Cola fan. I can't stand Pepsi. I think Pepsi's trash. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I said it. So I think Coca-Cola is, is a great product. Um, and it's smarter than to do it.
1: Well to me I'm a Dr Pepper guy. Diet Dr Pepper guy. You know so if 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 I it's see some diet Dr style. Pepper <laughs> That's style. That's me. You know how it is it's just, you know I'm a doctor but you know Coke uh Coke I think Coke's better than Pepsi. You know when it comes to, to comes to soft drinks you know I, I especially like if you're going to if you're going to go that route uh vanilla cherry Coke you know uh I've seen some of those machines where they, you know, they got you could just hit a button and you could add vanilla, you could add cherry. Yes, those business, are beautiful things, you know? dude. I, yeah. I, I swear I want
2: one in my house one day.
1: <laughs>
2: um, it's going to be sponsored by Coke.
1: That's it. There you go, Coca Cola, right there. uh you know, it's just another, it's just another notch in the sponsorship belt, and it has also allowed the Raiders to invest, which they, you know, uh, they they announced last last week. Uh to invest another ninety million dollars into making the fan experience better with more and more upgrades, um, especially for those who purchase club level tickets. Uh and and so the Raiders and 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 Mark Davis and Mark Bedane uh and 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 Mr. Webb, you know, who's who's managing the stadium, they are trying to create the best fan experience possible Vegas demands that kind of uh, a treatment. It has got to be up, you know, balls to the walls over the top level entertainment. And so far, you know, the Raiders, uh, you know, have delivered that on that promise, especially, like I said, they're, they're reinvesting. They got, they got more money in PSLs than they knew what to do with. Uh, and so they're like, you know what, let's just toss, kick a note, you know, almost another hundred million making a better fan experience and, and, and I'm sure that's partnering up with Legends Entertainment uh, to make that happen
2: No I agree I think, I think it's smart I think and this is only the beginning because it is going to be more golden opportunities for the Raiders you're in a, a, a growing sports metropolis like Las Vegas um, you're probably going to have an NBA team there sometime soon Um, so Vegas is, is a growing market It's it's one of the most active tourist attractions in the the country so people are going to people have a reason to go to vegas now they have another reason to go to vegas and go watch an nfl game um whether it's the raiders or whether it's an opposing team that they may be a fan of that's just what it is and it's smart and they're actually building up the the good part is that they're actually building up that whole entire side um where the raider stadium is going to be so not only do you have the strip but you're going to have other entities along where that stadium is to kind of make it more attractive and more appealing.
1: So I think it's incredibly smart. Oh, absolutely. I believe in 15 years, you won't even be able to tell, you know, what it looks like, what it used to look like on that side of the trip. Cause everything's usually on the other side. Uh, You know, there's very few uh, casinos and stuff on the one side, big, big entertainment venues and the other, but, I believe that with the Raiders, where their location, of course, you know, that, that stadium is going to be in the forefront for any pitcher from the southeast it's Just going to look fan Southwest, excuse me, is going to look fantastic. So I, I believe you're going to see, you know, a, a new redevelopment going there and there because it's going to bring that kind of uh, the infrastructures that's going to support that is going to show up, you know, parking garages, all kinds of crazy stuff. Plus, you know, you getting all this other stuff, there's, there's going to be Things business people, business minded people are going to buy some property close and they're going to use they're going to take a look at what happened in Arlington and and say, OK, these businesses are synergistic with having this big, massive stadium there. And this is how we're going to make money. And they're going to do that. And it's and it's going to be it's going to be a fantastic development. Of course, you know, Vegas does things like that. So they have that uh, they have that energy, that growth that's going on. They got nothing but they got land just keep growing and whatnot. So uh, I believe that the Raiders are going to be highly successful there as a business, Uh, the on the field stuff. On the other hand, they got to get that stuff squared away.
2: Well, I think once they move to Vegas, that'll open up the checkbook for them to get top-notch players. Like we see other owners have done, like we see what Jerry Jones has done, what we've seen with Stan Kroenke has done, Bob Kraft, um, Arthur Blank, guys like that that have the money to have the checkbooks to do it. And I think it's only a matter of time before we start seeing it in the next couple of years. Uh, but as far as it goes for the Raiders right now, while they're still in Oakland, they have a tough test against the Indianapolis Colts next Sunday, 10 a.m. Pacific. Um, listen, the Colts are a formidable team. I got a chance to watch them when they were down here playing the Chargers. And let me tell you something, Jacoby Brissett, he may not be the flashiest name. He may not be the flashiest quarterback, but that dude is a, is a, is a diehard quarterback. He has a strong arm. He can move in and out of the pocket. He can find his target. Uh, the running game is, is superb. That O-line is absolutely incredible. I look at T.Y. Hilton, what he's done, having two different quarterbacks to to, to receive from. Um, listen, on defense, I think that, that Colts defense has improved uh, somewhat. So, listen, Frank Wright has got that team on point. They're quiet. They're winning, they're winning ball games, and it's going to be another tough test for the Raiders and if they don't get off to a quick start and a solid start, we're going to see the same thing that happened in Minnesota happen in Indianapolis.
1: Oh, absolutely. Bruette' has been a, been a, uh, a a big blessing, you know considering the news that they lost Andrew luck. and the offensive line, which they invested heavily in uh, in last year's draft, uh, is starting to bear fruit uh, the, uh, you know, they've always had the receivers, you know, T.Y. Hilton's been there and, and and they've, they've made, you know, they've always kept their receiving core, you know, in decent state, they got Eric Ebron, you know, so they, they, you got, you got your possession outlet that, that every young quarterback loves in, in Ebron. And that defense has really, really stepped up, uh, you know, and, and sadly it's at the Raiders, uh, a little part of it is is at the Raiders' expense because I believe and I said when it happened, you can go back and check my Twitter history that I felt like that the Raiders should have paid Denico Autry because he has absolutely just continued to blossom uh the last couple of years there in any Indiana, in in Indianapolis. And he is just he is he's a he's a great person. Uh you know, I got a chance to talk to him. He's a fantastic kid. You know, he 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 plays the sport with a passion and I felt like the Raiders should never have let him go. You know, they could have kept him around for six million dollars for a defensive tackle and also somebody who can slide up and down the line, play multiple positions on that defensive line. Yeah, I think I think that's the one that they, you know they let Mayo go, but they got him back thankfully because he's he's playing out of his mind. But Denico Autry should have been another another key player that the Raiders had that they could have kept, and now he's going to be used against them. Uh, and the Raiders can't overlook this team. I mean, I think, you know, the way no. things are pu- shaping out, Indianapolis could win that division. I mean, straight up.
2: I think it's a, I think it's going to be between the Colts and the Texans. I mean, it could be a shootout between those two, whoever wins the series, or even if they split the series, um, who has, you know, is going to be uh, the games away that they play. Um, you know, like I said, the Texans came in on Sunday and, you know, blasted the Chargers, came out with a win, a gutsy win. Um then you had the Colts who almost beat the Chargers if it wasn't for Austin Eckler running in that touchdown in a huge block by Derek Watt. Uh they would have been at a, they would have uh won that game. So the Colts a Vinateri.
1: And a like just makes some field goals that when Vititary they get you, trash.
2: Yeah. The only mm. saving grace the Raiders have is allowed to force them to hit field goals. If they force them to hit field goals and keep them out of the end zone, for the most part, they have a chance. Because Adam Vinatieri is trash. He needs to retire. It's over for him. Okay, bury that foot, ice it up, put it in the the NFL Hall of Fame because that's where it belongs. But it damn sure doesn't belong on the field because he is hot garbage. So the Raiders' defense can keep them out of the end zone for the most part and force them to kick. You got a sh- you got a great shot at, w- at beating this Colts team, and it, 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 this Colts team is full of heart, man. They have a lot of heart. They don't have no ego, especially after them losing Andrew Luck like that to, to retirement. Look, they're playing. They're taking one week at a time. They're playing to win ball game, and they're doing it very quietly. And they're going to be a sneaky – if they can make the playoffs. They're going to be a sneaky team in the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to go deep. They're going to give fits to whoever faces them in the playoffs if they happen to make the playoffs this
1: year. Yeah, I, there's, there's really nothing I can say, you know, in disagreement there. They're 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 uh, they're quietly a good, good, solid team. They are. But the
2: thing, the thing I the one thing I will say is that sometimes they have the inability to stopping the run. And if Jonathan, if if Josh Jacobs uh, can get healthy and get back to his form, what we saw in, in week one. I think the Raiders have a very strong chance of winning this team, of beating this team, rather. And also, too, the O-line has got to step up and keep Derek Carr upright. They can keep him upright and give him time to launch it off. That's going to be crucial as well. Um, and if they can do that, Tyrell Williams, J.J. Nelson, guys like that, they can get, they can go after it, go get the ball, not scared to get some yards after the catch, which we've seen Tyrell Williams do. Um, they're going to be they they can win this ball game so we'll see what happens it's going to be a great contest it's going to be a great time but hey man I think I hear the sprinklers coming on man so you know it's my time for us to get off the turf man because I don't want to get wet I got these brand new shoes I'm not trying to get wet with my joints on (laughs) so so thank you so much everybody for tuning in this week on the turf thanks for showing up sprinklers are coming on we got to go if you miss any portion of this broadcast, make sure you download or subscribe to us at the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, exclusively on SB Nation. Make sure you follow me on all things social media,
1: at Nick LA. And if you want to follow Scott Winter, it's Scott Winter NFL at Twitter. And you can check out my articles. I've been pumping out content over at RaidersBeat.com.
2: Till next week, you guys take care stay sharp. And we are out of here. Let's go.
3: Yo, I'm from the land of the players, slick talkers and collar poppers, narcotics and boss ballers, pit bulls and a rock rollers, niggas with gold teeth, old schools on gold feet, killers and OGs, Task- to the police, smack off the foothill. East 14 to Brady Park, Brookfield, Plymouth, and Walnut Street. From the building seminary, we took the rolling twenties We forget them celebrities like Big Feet and Little no D. D. You see the East Bay rackers. It's the home of the panthers. When niggas like tons of crack and fans catching on camera, stole you in the slammer, it's the home of show and hammer. Both all moved move to Atlanta. land niggas stole our grandma. That's my broker, that's my nephew, that's my weeples, that's my nizzle. Please believe me. go For cheesy off the hizzle, do your thistle with my niggas riding dopey really feet Rock presidential like crack, pack pistols, every track I sizzle. Cause I'm a Raider, Oakland Raider, from the Bay to L.A. to Las Vegas. Cause I'm a player, a boss player, and if you with me, pop your collar, shake them haters. I'm a Raider, Oakland Raider, from the Bay to L.A. to Las Vegas.
0: Cause I'm a player, boss player, and if you with me, pop your collar, shake them Raider. Raider. just like oh. my niggas before me but i was a thief without the open face gold teeth and in gold was some fine ass oakland raid x and too short was the first oakland raider on the set now blue man was a raider when he was fucking with that and the story x was a raider when he was a water to stay and dangerous dame was a raider when he was calling hoes names but i know from the lake on sundays to the five oh now we to Eastmont with the side show. but it's fun and i'm famous but i ain't trying to die though niggas be going out in the game but not I'm swinging for survival. Now, do uh, Pippi doo If you hoeing any pippin', you tried it for 30 days. I ain't lying, I ain't with it, dude. A babysitting job. Oh my god, that's a job. Uh, but I still wanna do it, cause it's 100% i cause I'm a waiter, open waiter. From the bay to LA to Long Bay, because cause I'm a player, a boss
3: player. And if you make uh, me pop your collar, shake and hate us. I'm a waiter, open waiter. From the bay to LA to Long Bay, cause I'm a
0: Since 93 till infinity Some underground shit That just shook the fucking industry And Humpty with a gone ass A raider in his own right The whole D you can't forget You amped on sight Now Mystic She the only female raider I know You the shit baby girl I'm just letting you know And last but not least Tupac Shakur, nigga, uh, rest in peace I'm from the city of dope, the
3: town of the crack I'm from the city of pimps, the town of the Mac East, East Oakland. Oakland, he told me he Peace broke broken, keep joking. joking The loony's about to have the streets smoking. Down top, y'all keep smoking, hey We got the killer Had yeah. Head running kilos for days It's the city of the warriors, the home of the A's Where niggas get sideways, shootouts on highways yeah. East Oakland, bitch I'm a Raider uh, Cause I'm a Raider open From the Bay to LA to Las Vegas Cause I'm a player A boss player And if you with me pop your collar shake him I'm a Raider open Raider From the Bay to
0: LA to Las Vegas Cause I'm a player boss player And if you with me pop your collar shake We Raiders, us Three times Raider. crazy Sight rest in peace, Eclipse. Bad Influence, rest in peace, Rappin' Run. F Banks, Seagram, rest in peace, my nigga. Black Dynasty, Delinquents, Richie Rich, 415, MCN, The Coop, Point Blank, EA Ski, Steady Mobbing. All y'all niggas is Raiders. Raider, motherfuckers. What? Damn, what about me? Smart Curry, baby, I'm not an open Raider, goddamn. I'm the first motherfucker on TV. First one did HBO. First one did Apollo. I think it qualified me in the Hall of Pippology as an Oakland Raider. What? Uh, I'm the first one of those. What? I'm an Oakland Raider, baby. That's right. Representing the town. Eastside Oakland, you know how we do it. Eastside, oh, nigga, straight up take your hoe. I was all day long. You know how we do it in the town. Chris Big Dank, that's the way we roll. Old school, sitting on 20s. It don't make no difference. Floating, doing it all. Ghetto nigga from the East Mount Mall.